Roto Grinders presents your first word in daily fantasy sports. The Morning Grind, Stevie TPFL and Company are here to jumpstart your analysis on today's DFS slate. Without further ado, here's your host, Stephen Young. Hey everyone, welcome to the Roto Grinders Morning Grind podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Tuesday, it is April 16th, it's 2019, and we have 13 baseball games to talk about here on today's slate. I'm joined by my bearded brother from another mother, for 7 Grant, how are you doing, my friend? I mean, I've had better days in DFS, but outside of that, I'm doing pretty well. Made the, made the choice of fading Darvish and went up to NOLA, and so it cost me Yelich, which just makes it an auto non-cash day. In pretty much everything. Um, I think I have two of 20 lineups that are actually going to cash. So, yeah, not a fantastic day, but, you know, we move on. It's been a good week's last week still, so I can't be too angry. Heater was going to come to an end eventually. <laughs> yeah, so, like, I talk about it all the time. I'm not a typical cash game player. So, today I played Gallo and Yelich in cash with Calhoun. And even though my pitchers combined for like 19 points, it's still going to be a very good day. Um, so ready to move on to the next slate and uh, get started here. Like I said, we have 13 games. If you guys haven't checked out our sponsor, make sure you check them out. It is fantasydraft.com. Sign up through the Rotor Grinders links. That way, if we run any cool promos with them, you get access to it. So um, if you haven't already, check them out. I keep saying it. One of my favorite things about fantasy draft is you're not playing against 150 teams. Um, usually their max entry is anywhere from 10 to 15. It looks like today's is 11. So if you haven't checked them out, you don't want to play against 150 teams. You can join over there and um, only 11 entry max in their big $25 tournament. So check it out. We get started with New York Mets at Philadelphia Phillies. Steven Matz against Nick Pavetta. Pavetta, a slight favorite here at 120. Any interest in Mats? Yeah, I mean, this isn't the greatest slate in the world for pitching, and Mats has been good enough recently that, or good enough for since going back to halfway through last year, that he does offer some upside. This is a really tough matchup, so he's not the top option. There are a few guys around the same price range, but I'm assuming one to two of them at four to $600 more is going to be a little bit chalkier. So I don't hate pivoting off of them over to Matt's. Um, he's got, since halfway through last year, what, a 27 28% K rate. And there are a little bit of strikeouts. Maybe you can just keep down the walks. I think he can cruise or he can do some damage to this lineup here. So I don't hate him. He's not my favorite, but he's definitely in play here. Yeah, I think he's okay. I don't think he's the greatest play in the world. Um, I, I don't typically like pitchers in Philadelphia. It's just a ballpark that, you know, generates a lot of home runs. So I don't typically play pitchers in this ballpark. I think there's enough righties that will scare me off of Matt's here. I don't think he's a bad play, but I don't think he has a ton of upside here as well. When we look at this team, they don't strike out a lot against left-handed pitching. Um, Nick Pavetta, always a guy that like you can look at if he's going to face a right-handed heavy team, but I think they're, even though there's only like four lefties in the Mets lineup, I think that's enough for me not to play Pavetta here. I, I'm having a tough time because he's been so bad this year. His price is decent. And I mean, if you look all the way back to last year, yes, he gets beat up a bit by lefties, but 
He still has a decent strikeout rate to both sides of the plate. I don't think I'm going to end up playing him, but I think there is a slight bit of strikeout upside there. But yeah, the, the main thing is the lefties in these lineups in this lineup is, are actually pretty good. I mean, Conforto, Cano, Nimmo, and McNeil are all pretty darn good hitters here. So I think I'm there with you. I probably won't end up with any shares of Pavetta here. All right. Um, let's talk bats. Uh, anything standing out to you for the Mets? Lefties. All the lefties and Alonzo are all very good plays, even Ramos. If you want to add another to your stack and just get your catcher in there, but pretty much the one through six guys are all in play. We already talked about Pavetta. Since the beginning of last year, 360 Woba to opposing lefties. And, I mean, any one of these guys have a bunch of power. So I don't mind the stack at all here. I think it's going to go slightly under-owned. And Fed has been bad enough this year that if he has another bad outing here, then, I mean, they could really do some damage here. So Mets are probably top six stack on the slate. They're not the best, but they should garner very or semi-few ownership here. But the lefties are the ones you want to go with in Alonzo. Just keep riding his hot streak. Yep, uh, Robinson Cano probably will be my my cash game second baseman on DraftKings and fan or on DraftKings anyway. Um, just looking at it, like his price uh, at thirty seven hundred makes him one of my favorite plays. Just as you know, we we've talked about here the lefties: Nimmo, Conforto, Jeff McNeil. If Dominic um, Smith cracks the lineup, he would be a, a sneaky five man to put in your stack here if they give Pete Alonso the day off. Um, I doubt they do, but if they do, it would be interesting. Um, the Philadelphia side of things, you know, obviously Matt's has been better. If we look back, you know, towards the middle of last season, like you mentioned, the one thing that he, you know, definitely does struggle with is power righties. And one of the best power righties in baseball is Hoskins. Um, what's your thoughts here on Philly? I mean, not just one of the best power righties in baseball, the best hitter in baseball, Reese Hoskins is definitely in play here. Um, he crushes lefties here. Outside of him, you can go Real Muto, you can go McCutcheon, Segura are all fine. I don't think I'm going Har- Harper in the lefty-lefty matchup since the beginning of last year. Matt just gets a ton of soft contact to the lefties. He doesn't really strike him out a huge clip, but he limits the damage for the most part against him. So Harper and Herrera are both out. A stack, I, I think I'd rather just mini-stack it up with Real Muto, Hoskins, McCutcheon. Maybe you can add Segura in there, but I mean, he stacks in order here, but Matt's is playing good enough where he's not a guy that I'm going to focus on targeting against. So really, it's just those three righties for me for the most part. San Francisco at Washington, eight total. Derek Rodriguez against Steven Strasburg. Strasburg, a 195 favorite, big favorite here. Um, any interest in Derek Rodriguez? No, no I'm too high of a total here and too, too bad of a pitcher and gives up way too much hard contact. Yeah, I don't really have a lot of interest in Derek Rodriguez. I don't mind pitching him sometimes, maybe in San Francisco against weaker offenses, but park shift not in his favor, so I'm going to stay away from him here. I do like Steven Strasburg today. I know he got crushed in his last outing against Philadelphia, um, but the Giants offense just not very good. He's a massive favorite for a reason. This lineup just doesn't have a lot of power. You know, you're not likely going to get beat by the long ball, and that's usually where Strasburg struggles. So. I think this is a spot we can potentially play Steven Strasburg if we want to pay up for SP1. Yeah, I think there's a better SP1 is the problem. Um, 
I don't hate Strasburg. I don't hate in tournaments. San Fran isn't a huge strikeout team, but they just aren't a very good hitting team. They'll put the ball in play, but it's rarely anything good when it actually happens. It's just not fantastic for fantasy outings. So I prefer the other guy that's slightly more expensive to him that we'll get to later. You, you, you can say glass now. It's fine. It's glass now. It's, it's yeah. glass now. That, I mean, we, we can compare the two. Like that, you know, that obviously those are the two best pitchers on the slate and Baltimore just a, a much better strikeout um you know a upside type matchup so I'm with you I like last now more but I do think Strasburg is an interesting like pivot play yeah yeah no he can get later into the game here um like San Fran all they do is just put the ball in play and it's generally an out they don't walk at a huge rate but they don't strike out at a huge rate so it limits Strasburg upside slightly, but I mean, realistically, it's not by that much because it can still end up with a complete game shutout here against this terrible San Fran team. So I don't hate it. I just think Glassman is better, but Strasburg's still in play for GPPs. Um, let's talk bats here. Anything standing out to you for the Giants? Nope. Um, yeah, anything that you like here on – I don't really like anything on the Giants either. Um, anything on the Washington side? Yeah, the power bats. I mean, D-Rod gives up a whole lot of power, and a guy like Soto, Rendon, who's been crushing it. Howie's not the worst play in the world. Eaton, I don't mind if you're rounding out a stack. Zimmerman's good. Like, it, it, Two through four hitters should be the best plays here. Um, with a low strikeout guy that gives up a lot of hard contact, that might be all right over in San Fran, but numbers are probably a little bit skewed because of that. So I'd... I'd like in a much better hitter's ballpark in San Fran. I'll take these power bats knowing that he's probably going to give up one or two bombs here. And Rendon and Soto are probably the main culprits. Yeah. And I don't mind maybe throwing in Howie to make it a three man. If you want to run it back with another stack. So um, certainly don't mind those guys that you mentioned. Those are the guys that I'm looking at as well. We move on. We got the Cubs and the Marlins eight total Jose Quintana against Pablo Lopez uh, Quintana is a 141 favorite. Um, any interest here against Miami? I mean, after what he did last time, um, I think you got to have a little bit of interest in him. I mean, going back to la- the beginning of last year, his numbers aren't fantastic. And obviously against Milwaukee, he had a tough time. But outside of that, against Texas, against Pittsburgh, he's been pretty darn good. And Miami is just a horrible lineup. I have to assume that Quintana is going to be the shock today just because of his price being not that bad. And this Miami lineup being very bad and it being played over in Miami. I mean, a 22% K rate with a 4-3 XFIP since the beginning of last year going against a Marlins team that against lefties is just absolutely putrid. They don't strike out a huge clip, but a lot of these are not big sample sizes. So I I think that Quintana is probably one of the best plays on the slate if we're not incorporating ownership. Yeah, like if we look back to the start of last season through now to get a little bit larger sample size, nobody on this team has a nice over 150 against lefties. Castro, 368 Woba, but really the only guy that has a decent Woba. We know Martin Prado doesn't strike out against lefties. He puts the ball in play a lot, but he has a 54% ground ball rate with a .057 ISO. So I think this is a spot Quintana goes out, and I think he's a pretty safe option. I don't really expect him to get blown up here, but... I do worry about the strikeout upside for tournaments, um, especially if he becomes the chalk, which he probably should be. Um, any interest in Pablo Lopez on the other side here? I don't. I don't think so. I mean, 
Cubs are a good enough hitting lineup. Lopez is not that great of a kid, pitcher. He doesn't have huge strikeout upside. Maybe on a smaller slate, I can take a shot, but there's no reason to take one here. Yeah, you know, he pitches to ground balls. He, you know, doesn't typically walk people. Um, but like you said, he doesn't really strike people out as well. Um, you know, he uses a sinker, sinker changeup combo to, you know, create and generate ground balls. Um, so that kind of worries me a little bit when I'm looking at potentially, you know, playing the Cubs here. But I, I do think they're a team we can look at. You know, Chris Bryant and Rizzo, two of the guys that have a higher fly ball rate um, that kind of stand out. What are you looking at here on the Cubs? Fade. It's too big of a slate. There are a lot of good hitting spots. It's over in Miami. Lopez is a ground ball guy. Like, I guess they could do something here, but in all reality, I don't think it's that great of a spot for them where you can take a shot on a big slate like this. So I'm probably just crossing them off the list. Yeah, man, I, I think I can play like a three or four man here. Bryant, Rizzo, Baez, Hayward, maybe Contreras instead of Bryant, but you know, the other thing that we want to look at here as well is, shockingly enough, um, the Miami Marlins had Marlins Park, the roof open on Monday. So if the roof is open, that obviously, you know, create a little bit more humidity and, and a little bit more heat in the ballpark. So um, I don't mind the Cubs. Uh, any interest in the Marlins? No. Just. Yeah. No, I mean, there's... occasionally they're going to pay off, but. There's no reason to think on any given day that they're going to pay off. Yeah, and like some of the Cubs are really cheap too, for what it's worth. Like Ben Zobris is like thirty six hundred, so it, it'd be really interesting. Like, I, I think Zobris would be pretty popular here if he bats lead off at thirty six hundred in the spot. But yeah, I don't really like any of the Marlins either. Um, moving on, we got Baltimore at Tampa. It's Dylan Bundy against Tyler Glass now. Glass now is a is a two seventy eight favorite. Um, any interest in Dylan Bundy? Uh, I kind of want to play him, but I, it, it's going to be tough to do this. I mean, I think you're better off taking a shot on Pavetta than you are Bundy. Just he, I mean, there's too many lefties there. Probably going to be in this lineup. I mean, Meadows is playing way too well. Troy's got some power. Lowe has been hitting some bombs like. Bundy's always kind of got a little bit upside, and I get that he's played in nothing but pitchers' ballparks uh, or hitters' ballparks so far this season. Two in Baltimore and one in New York. The home run. If you really need to, you can play him, but I I don't know if I necessarily want to take the risk going against this Tampa team um, that has just crushed the ball occasionally recently. Yeah, like, I, I think that's a good point. Like, you know, Bundy, he's allowed a lot of home runs already to start the season. His swinging strike rate is 13.6%, but his walk rate is really high. He's struggling with power. He's struggling with control. He's leaving pitches over the middle of the plate, and that's what's creating home runs. And, you know, anytime a guy only has a 15% soft contact rate to start a season, you know, it's something that's concerning. So um, I actually like the Rays, and we'll talk about them in a minute. But, Tyler Glass now, you know, I think like, you know, we kind of alluded to when we were talking about Strasburg is going to be the guy that I end up in playing in cash. I have, I, I've really tried to stay away from, you know, paying over 10K for pitchers in cash games, but I, I think this matchup is too juicy to pass on. 
Yeah, I mean, every every ace so far this season has been pretty much terrible, except for guys that we didn't really think of as aces too much. And Glass now is one of those guys. He just has such good K stuff. And Baltimore is such an attackable team, especially if even the hottest player in baseball, Chris Davis, is in the lineup. Um, there's too many strikeouts here. There's not a huge amount of power. This is a decent, this is a pretty good pitcher's ballpark here. Glass now has just been on fire. There's not really a whole lot to worry about with him. So you just you just lock him in, I think, today, in all honesty. There's not many ways it's gonna go wrong. And there's 45 point upside here. Yep. Really like this spot for him. Um let's talk bats. Anything on Baltimore standing out to you here? I mean, if you really want to ride the Chris Davis hot streak, go ahead. But I think it's time to jump off that wagon. Have fun with that. I know he's only 2,100 still, but I'm going to keep fading. I love the fact that he had well, three run. he's not 500 anymore, so. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but he had his three-hit um, game when, when I didn't play baseball over the weekend, and he had his um, home run today during the day slate. So, like, now I just sit back and I hope people keep chasing and I'll keep fading. Um, yeah, I don't really have any interest in the Baltimore bats. Kind of why, you know, we like glass now so much, you know, Mancini's off to a, a scorching hot start, but you know, glass now is a guy that has limited the damage to righties, uh, for a while now. So I'm going to pass on him. I actually like the Tampa stack. Um, I don't typically like stacking in Tampa, but Dylan Bundy, like I said, he's struggling with command and he's leaving a lot of pitches over the plate, which gives this, uh, this team has upside, like low meadows, fam, Troy, like they have enough power and enough speed to really like make them stackable on this slate. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, any team playing Bundy with some power is stackable. But Meadows has been tearing the cover off the ball. Low Choi. Like, I prefer the lefties. But, honestly, I don't hate Fam. I don't hate Diaz. I don't hate Garcia. None of them are really too bad. I mean, Diaz didn't really show much power prior this year. But he's been hitting the ball decently. They draw a whole lot of walks, which Bundy can struggle with at times very badly. This is the perfect making of a stack. I'm just worried about how chalky they're going to be. I think they're at a five implied total right now. And so I want to wait and see what the ownership looks like tomorrow, but they're definitely in play. And with their prices being as high as they are, they could draw lower ownership than they should. Um. All right, moving on. Arizona at Atlanta, eight and a half total. Robbie Ray against Max uh, Freed. Freed's a 150 favorite. Um, any interest here in Robbie Ray? I mean, he's always in play in tournaments. It's, that simple, but this is probably one of the worst matchups he, he can get. All these lefty or all these guys on Atlanta going against lefties don't really strike out of that huge of a clip outside of Donaldson, like Swanson, and all of them can draw walks at a pretty decent rate here. So Ray's 13% walk rate uh, could really cause some trouble. Um, so I, I honestly don't like I, I'll take a shot on him if I have exactly the amount of money he is. But outside of that, this is not the spot where you really want to go with him. You can get Strauss in a safe matchup for 400 more and Glass now in a safe matchup for 700 more. Yeah, like uh, I think this is one of those spots that could go one or two ways. I think he could pitch well and you know have the upside to win you a tournament. 
But on the flip side, I actually think like Atlanta is a team that I don't typically pitch lefties against because they are really good against lefties. So I think it's a very big boom bust spot. And I don't think on this slate with his massive walk rate and this patient team that doesn't strike out a lot, I'm going to go there um, personally, but I could understand why somebody would, would look at him here. You know, he's a guy that already twice this season has over nine strikeouts in the game in three games. So, um, any interest here on the other side of this game, Max Fried? Freed? I don't hate him. Um, he's shown some decent stuff. And like we don't have a huge sample size of it, but Arizona's not that great of a team. And like he even put up 20 over in Colorado. I could see him being one of the better plays here. And he's at the 8K range where we have Mats, we have Quintana slightly more, we have Bieber. We have a few pitchers that are all in that range, so he might get a little lost in the fray. So I don't hate it. He's just not someone I'm going out of my way to get. Yeah, like he's keeping like he is creating a lot of um, swinging strikes with his curveball against righties, which is always very interesting. But the problem is, like, as bad as Arizona is, they're eighth in baseball in Woba against left-handed pitching to start the season. And, you know, their WRC plus is more than average. So that's the only thing that concerns me a little bit about him. Um, I I do think he has upside. Like, I do want to say that I do think he has upside. I just – I don't know if I will pull the trigger. There's a guy in this price range that I like a little bit more, and I think Quintana is a little bit safer. Um, So – I don't think I'll pull the trigger, but I can understand if I was playing like over 25 teams, if I'd start working them on a few teams here. Yeah. Um, any interest in the Arizona bats? I mean, no, just not really. I mean, it's not like Freed is going to be that heavily owned. And it's not like there's that many bats that just stand off the page in terms of how good their numbers are. I'm probably just going to stay away. Yeah, like the only two guys that I think I'd have interest here is Nick Ahmed, who we've talked about a ton last season against lefties. He's very good against lefties. The other guy, if you can, maybe I don't know if he's cheaper on Yahoo or FanDuel or something, but Kettle Marte has been really, really good to start the season against lefties. So I'm not paying the price for him on DraftKings and Fantasy Draft, but if you find him at a place maybe a little bit cheaper. I think Kettle Marte would be interesting. Um, Atlanta, you know, Ozzy Albies and Acuna, um, certainly really good against lefties. Um, you know, ever since Acuna really got called up, he's just absolutely mashed lefties. And Donaldson's starting to get it going. And, you know, Swanson is showing us a lot. Like, what are you looking at here at Atlanta? Everything. I mean, everything outside of Marquecas. People are a little hesitant to play Freeman going lefty-lefty. But he's still a fantastic hitter, and he still can hit lefties decently. This team is just stacked, and like I said earlier, they draw a bunch of walks. Um, Ray struggles with that, and he struggles with hard contact. Almost every single batter in this lineup since the beginning of last year has over 200 ISO versus lefties. I really like Flowers throwing in that stack, but Albies, Acuna throwing in Freeman and Donaldson – like this is one of my favorite stacks on the entire slate here. I don't think people I think people are gonna be very hesitant to do it because of how good Ray is, but this is the exact type of matchup where he could get absolutely destroyed here by these guys. So I really, really like the Atlanta stack today. 
Yeah, this is where if like you're playing like three to five teams, maybe you have Ray on a team and maybe you have an Atlanta stack on another team. Like I could see like them mashing him and I, like I said, I could see him having a decent game, but it, I, I do think I'll end up having at least one Atlanta stack today because I, I do like the upside, even on a 13 game slate. I, I think that, you know, you highlighted something there, like the walk rate is so high and like that puts guys on that creates more RBI opportunities and potentials. So um, all right, moving on. Toronto at Minnesota. Aaron Sanchez against Kyle Gibson. Eight and a half total. Gibson, a one forty-eight favorite. Um, any interest here in Aaron Sanchez? No, no. This this Minnesota team's been pretty decent this season. Sanchez can get a bit wild here. The Vegas implied total for the Twins is too high. Sanchez's price isn't really low enough for me to want to play him. So. Honestly, like I, I, I think it's just better not to go with him. He does have upset occasionally. He has been decent at times, but this is not the spot to go with it. Massive ground ball guy doesn't generate a ton of strikeouts, but does generate a ton of soft contact. So, like, not not a guy that like on a full slate that I'll like typically play. But and the other thing you got to like look at here is like. Um, sorry, my catcher hit one off the top of the wall and it can, it distracted me. That um, son of a biscuit. I know. Couldn't just hit it a little bit harder. Um, anyway, what I was trying to say was on a, on a large slate like this, like Aaron Sanchez is a guy that I wouldn't stack against, but I'm not likely going to play either. He's going to use a sinker and curveball to create a lot of ground balls and soft contact. So don't see a ton of upside here for him. Um, any interest in Kyle Gibson? I do. I do have a little bit of interest in Kyle Gibson just because this is the Blue Jays. Um, Gibson has decent stuff here, and his price, I think, is good enough where you can throw him into a lineup or two. I think he does have some upside, 6,400. Pricing's a little bit tighter today than it has been the last few days. At least that's what my first glance seems like. And if you want to play it for glass now, it's going to be hard to fit in your stacks. Uh, there's not a single guy that I'm really looking at under 7K on this slate that I think really has much upside. And Kyle Gibson is just not a fantastic pitcher, but it's against Toronto. He has a 20 over a 20% K rate, and there's not a huge amount of walks in this lineup here, and there's a good amount of strikeouts versus righties. So the upside's there considering his price tag, and I, I – he's probably going to be the only low price guy to end up going with. And just because of how many stacks I like today, I think I'm going to end up with a decent amount of ownership in him. Yeah. I like him as well too. I always like um, guys with good, with good sliders against a team like Toronto. They struggle with breaking balls, curveball sliders. So he's a guy that generated 50, 51 and a half percent whiff rate on his slider last season. And it's like 70 something percent in three, two or three starts this season. So I, I think he has upside here. You know, I do think that like, if they roll out a lot of lefties, it worries me a little bit more um, because he doesn't use his slider as much against the lefties. But I, I think Kyle Gibson considering price and what you're using him for, um, I, I think he's in play for that like you said i think i end up maybe one team with him um maybe two but i, I do think he's in play uh, just in large field tournaments only though yeah i mean honestly in smaller field tournaments if you're pairing him with glass now there's a 
lot of high price bets. I mean, if you stack up Tampa Bay with glass now, you have zero chance of fitting them in if you don't use Gibson, unless you want to go with like Jorge Lopez or Estrada. Fair enough. Um, let's talk bats here. Anything for Toronto standing out to you? No. Uh, Minnesota, like <laughs> I said, no, I was taking a drink. I was like, I didn't expect you to answer so fast. Um, Minnesota side of things, like I said, I don't stack against Aaron Sanchez. Typically, he's a guy that generates way too much ground balls and soft contacts. So I'm going to pass on stacking here. Yeah, no, it's, it's pass on stack, pass on one offs. I don't think Sanchez has given up a home run yet this season. I could be wrong there. Um, well, I'm stacking Minnesota now. Way to jinx it. Oh, go ahead. Have fun with that. But <laughs> I'm kidding. I don't, I don't think it's a great idea. <laughs> um, they're a good team. They got a decent implied total, but I think that more comes from Sanchez's inability to strike out guys and the high amount of walks he gives up. So I'm, I'm, I'm not going with it. Um, St. Louis at Milwaukee, nine total. Jack Flaherty, Brandon Woodruff. Woodruff, a slight favorite at minus 125. This game erupted. On Monday, any interest here in Jack Flaherty? This game didn't erupt. Christian Yelich erupted. Um, Moustakis erupted. I mean, Moustakis had a good game, but Yelich, I think, outscored any two-pitcher pairing on the entire board. <laughs> it's not something you see. He beat your pitchers, whoever your pitchers were. So, had, had fun and cash without him. Um, but Flaherty... This is just a tough team, especially over in Milwaukee. Flaherty's price kind of makes it so I I just can't justify paying that for him against this tough Milwaukee team. I don't think I can go with him. He has a decent K rate, but this is just a tough team to go against. So, no, no interest in Flaherty for me. Yeah, like he, he was decent against lefties last season, don't get me wrong, but still gives up a lot of hard contact and – this lineup is just so good, um, and, and especially when they're at home. I think when they're at home, you, you really want to be careful of picking on them. So, for me, I'm gonna I'm gonna pass on Flaherty. Um, any interest here in Woodruff? I I honestly don't think I'm going with Woodruff either. Um, like, it's a little tough not to have a small amount of interest in him because of his price tag, and he's just struck out guys at a high enough clip in the smaller sample size we have with them. But again, this, this St. Louis lineup is good and they're playing over in Milwaukee. Like if you really need someone in the mid seven K range and you can't get up to fried or get up to mats, then I don't hate going with him. I mean, I might, I probably prefer him a little bit to Pavetta, but he's still someone that you should try and get that extra money to get up to one of the AK guys. Like he has good strikeout stuff. Obviously, he's a guy that can go out and get you strikeouts. Um, you know, he put up 17 against St. Louis earlier this season already. Um, so like he has the upside to get there, but he's gonna give up runs and hits on the way. Um, you know, you're not gonna usually typically get a clean outing from him. So he's gonna be one of those guys where it, it really just depends more on how the pitching of the slate kind of plays out because if, if the, if the pitching on the slate starts to get beat up and you only need like 13 to 15 points, then like he's probably going to be, he has a decent chance to get you to 13 to 15. I, I just don't know um, right now if I'm going to use him, but I do think he has some, you know, K upside. 
Uh, let's talk Cardinals bats. Ozuna, man, um, dude, is telling you he's a streaky hitter. Yeah, yeah, no, another bomb today. I don't hate Ozuna. Obviously, Goldschmidt, Carpenter are both very good plays here. Woodruff gives up a decent amount of hard contact, and they're playing in a very good ballpark. DeJong, I don't hate. Alina, if you need to round out the stack, I don't think they're my favorite bats on the board. But Carpenter and Goldschmidt, I'm going to have a decent amount as one-offs and just pretty much as a lock if I'm stacking up the Cardinals here. So they're not they're not the best hitters on the board, but it is a good ballpark, and Woodruff gives up enough hard contact where stacking them up or taking a few one-offs with power is not a bad idea. Yep. Don't hate it. Um Boomer bust spot for sure. The strikeout upside is interesting, but you know they do have a lot of power, and you know obviously they're they're hitting the ball well right now as well. So, um, the Brewers, I, I think you you look at stacking them. I don't really like want to sit here and try to figure out the one offs. Yelich, Mustakas, Grandal. Uh, I want to stack them up. Well, yeah, Flaherty still strikes out lefties at a decent clip, but he also has almost a 12% walk rate since beginning left here against him. And just looking up and down this lineup, 10%, 12%, 14%, 12%, like everyone but Arcia that's in the projected lineup is over 9, 9.5% or over. Um, yeah, there's just there's so many lefties in here that he can really get into some trouble and he gives up enough hard contact that like the bombs can be there, the walks will be there. He's he could potentially get just absolutely destroyed three innings in here. Um, I really like them. The guys that I would probably go with are going to be the guys with most power: Yelich, Shaw, and Mustakas. But Grandal, like he's a catcher spot, and he has some power too. So he's obviously in play on DraftKings and still not out of bounds over on FanDuel and Fantasy Draft. But this is a stack up spot. This is a take one guys off for one offs for power. I really like Milwaukee today. Yeah, well, it's interesting. Like you mentioned playing Grandal and Fandle. Like nobody plays him over Fandle because they hate playing catchers. But that's a way to be contrarian without having to like do too much to be contrarian. So I, I really like the the top of this order. Um, I, I really hope Thames cracks another start. That would be interesting to see him back in the lineup. I mean, yeah, I, I, I hope he does. They could potentially just throw out a whole bunch of lefties in there. The problem, if they have that many in there, then you could potentially see guys getting pitch hit for as soon as Flaherty comes out if they throw in a lefty. I mean, it's not going to be Yelich in all likelihood, but, I mean, Thames, if he gets into the lineup, him or Gamble could potentially get taken out. One of the most important things we do for our health every day is brushing our teeth. Yet, most of us don't do it properly. Quip is a better electric toothbrush created by dentists and designers. Quip was designed to make brushing your teeth more simple, affordable, and even more enjoyable. A built-in two-minute timer pulses every 30 seconds to remind you when to switch sides, helping guide a full and even clean. Up to 90% of us don't brush our teeth for a full two minutes or don't clean evenly. The multi-use cover mounts to your mirror, unmounts to slide over your brussels for on-the-go brushing, declutters your sink or cabinet, makes traveling with an electric toothbrush easier. Quip doesn't require a clunky charger and runs for three months on one charge. 
I got my quip about three to four weeks ago. Absolutely love it. Uh, it's really easy to use when I'm traveling, and I really never realized how much um, I don't pay attention to how long I brush my teeth until I got my Quip toothbrush. But that's why I love Quip. And while they're backed by over 2,000 dental professionals, Quip starts at just $25. And if you go to getquip.com slash rotogrinders right now, you get your first refill pack for free with a Quip electric toothbrush. That's your first refill pack free at getquip.com slash rotogrinders. We got the Angels at the Rangers, uh, Matt Harvey against Mike Miner. Uh, we're going to have to see what the weather and everything plays out to make this total. I'm guessing this total is going to be massively high if we don't have two, if we don't have any weather concerns. Um, Matt Harvey, any interest? No. Mike Miner, any interest? No. Let's talk some bats. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, hey, look, I just, you know, let, let's just, let's just be real. I'm not playing either one of these pitchers on the slate. So, um, let's start with the angels here. I think one thing that will be interesting here is sometimes, you know, when they face a lefty, they don't lead off Calhoun and they've been leading off Fletcher. And if Fletcher leads off at 3,600, um, certainly a guy we could potentially look at in this spot. Yeah, I don't, I don't hate playing Fletcher at all. If he is leading off, I mean, I kind of want to see what the implied total is for them and how the weather is going to affect it. But assuming it is going to be how I'm expecting it to be, which is good hitting weather, um, he's going to be very much in play here. You're going to need to save some salary. Um, even if Calhoun leads off going against a lefty, I still don't hate it that much. But uh, Fletcher in play. Trout, obviously one of the better plays on the entire slate here. Pujols and Simmons, I think, are fine as salary savers here. Um, and if Lostella gets a start, it's not looking like in our current projected line pages, but I, I don't know why. Um, if he gets a start, he's still another salary saver here. I don't want to play. Pull. They play Fletcher at second against lefties. That's why Lostella wouldn't start for what it's worth. Yeah, yeah. yeah sorry. Um, yeah, so it, it'll be interesting. I don't want to full stack the Angels. It's more of a mini stack to save money to pay up for a full stack. But any of these guys are very much in play against Miner. He's just not that great of a pitcher. And this is going to be decent hitting conditions or some of the best hitting conditions on the entire slate. So, yeah, play these guys as salary savers. They're fantastic salary savers. Yeah, like, let's just be realistic for a second. He He's a guy that gives up a ton of hard contact and a lot of fly balls. So, like, you can load up on some right-handed bats here against him. Again, I'm with you. I don't think I fully stacked them, but I'm going to use um, some pieces from this team for sure. On the other side of this game, we get another guy that gives up a lot of fly balls and hard contact, and I think Texas is my favorite stack on this slate. Yeah, I don't think you're alone there. I'm, I'm, probably, I'm right there with you, and I'm sure a lot of other people are. I mean, Harvey, since the beginning of last year, 41% hard hit rate and 41% fly balls to lefties, and there's some decent ones in this lineup. and. Not real fantastic over on the against righties there, like mediocre fly ball rate with low average hard contact. Doesn't strike out either side of the plate at a real high rate here. And you've got Chu, Santana. I'm assuming DraftKings didn't really raise his price too much. Um, but like you can fit him in your lineup at 3,800 at either second or outfield, and you can throw in 
any of the other guys. Because Andrus at 4,900 is going to be tough to throw in, but you can make it work with Santana there. Gallo is one of the top GBP plays on the entire slate, just even at moderately high ownership. Chu is probably my favorite play in the lineup. He's only 4,300 there on Fantasy or on DraftKings. Like, you can stack this up any which way, but you want to go with the lefties more than the righties here. And there should be five lefties in this lineup here. So stack one through six up if their lineup comes out how I'm assuming it is, because Harvey is going to give up at least two bombs here. Danny Santana, you know, showed us yesterday or Monday that he's going to run if he gets on base, which is always phenomenal. For upside, I ended up playing him a lot on FanDuel um, on Monday. Had him as my uh, top value play in the expert survey uh, over there for FanDuel. So he's really cheap over there again. I'm certainly going to be looking at him, you know, just because, like I said, if he gets on base, he's going to run. It's a great matchup. The The run upside here is phenomenal. And um, Jock Jams walk off, just, you know, hashtag Jock Jams because so, I can't go on Twitter and do it right now. Um, yeah, so like I, I like the lefties, Chu, Santana, Mazzara, Gallo. Gallo is one of my top plays on the slate. Um, absolutely love looking at Texas here, and um, it'd be really interesting to see like what Milwaukee's ownership is, just because of like this game. Um, maybe that you know drives the ownership down a little bit. Um, Kansas City at Chicago taking on the White Sox nine total. Jorge Lopez um, against Renardo Lopez. Um, the battle of the Lopez is Grant. Um, one Lopez here in, in the Chicago uniform is a minus one fourteen. Uh, any interest in Jorge Lopez? If you really need a salary saver and you don't want to go with uh, what's his name, Kyle Gibson, then Lopez. Chicago has a lot of strikeouts. It's that simple. Like, you can play them if you really just want to take a shot in GPPs. Lopez is not that great of a pitcher. He's got a low K rate, but there are strikeouts in this lineup. I would suggest against it, but if you really don't want to go Gibson, I don't hate Lopez if you really need to save some money. Yeah, I don't think I end up playing either one of these Lopez's. <laughs> a lot of Lopez on this slate. Pablo Lopez, too. A uh, lot of Lopez is here, but yeah, I, I don't see myself um, playing either one of these guys. I, I know, like, it, let's go over to the other side. Like, Renaro Lopez, like, he had games that, like, he showed a little bit of upside and brilliance last season. But, man, has he been absolutely awful to start the year. And one of those starts was against this team. But he's allowed 18 earned runs with six home runs in – 13 innings, 13 and a third. Like, uh, just for me, I'm going to stay away from Ronaldo Lopez here. Yep, agreed. Uh, let's talk bats. Uh, what are we looking at here on Kansas City? Stack them up. Um, go with the lefties here. He gives up a decent amount of hard contact, an extreme fly ball pitcher. He gives up, like, a lot of extra base hits to both sides of the plate here. Doesn't get a whole lot of ground balls. We already told he's gotten given up six home runs in the last two starts. Mondesi, Witt, O'Hearns, Dozier, Duda are all very much in play. I don't hate Gordon and Soler to round out a stack here, but Lopez can really just get torn apart here um, by these Casey bats that haven't been fantastic this season, but do have some power. So 
I like stacking this up. My favorite guys, like I said, Mondesi, O'Hearns, Duda, and Witt. But you can really play anyone one through seven here. And Maldonado, if you really need to round out a stack with a catcher. Yeah, and, like, the thing that's interesting, uh, you know, outside of what you said, like, I am not a huge, like, Hunter Dozer fan, and I don't think I can pay his price on FanDuel, but on DraftKings at 39, I think he's in play. The guy is just absolutely smoking the baseball right now. Like, he has multiple hits now in five straight games. Um, So a a guy that was really, really cheap before, um, coming in at much lower ownership now, um, or much – much higher price tag, so a little bit lower ownership. I think you could potentially include him in your stack. Um, what do we like here for the White Sox? Um, your favorite team in the world, right? Yeah, it's a good thing I used whatever his name, Fulmer, whatever, Phil, Phil Meyer, Phil Meyer, uh, today against him. And it was looking great up until the fifth. Um, but I'm not going with Lopez. Lopez is trash here and gives up so much hard contact. Um, I really like the White Sox here. Moncada, even with his – like a lot of these guys with massive strikeout rates are kind of like – it's an easy spot for them going up against Lopez. He just doesn't strike out a whole lot of guys. He doesn't have fantastic stuff. Like he's not a very high-velocity fastball guy. His changeup isn't that far off speed. His slider isn't fantastic. He's got a sinker that can get some ground balls, but it doesn't work out that great most of the time. Like this guy's not very good, and you worry about the White Sox when they're going up a guy up against a guy with a whole lot of off-speed pitches here, or pretty fast fastballs. But this is just not the case. Moncada, Abreu, Alonso, Jimenez, Tim Anderson, Castillo, Polka—all these guys are very much in play. Like all of them, Polka has not hit all season long, but he's—and I mean that—he literally has not gotten a hit yet this season. He's catching up to Chris Davis pretty quickly, but. The dude still has a whole lot of power and can hit the ball out of the park anytime he gets a hold of it. No one on this team is really that expensive. Polk is at 3400 If you want to pay up for glass now, you can potentially get two aces stacking this team up the right way. They're one of my favorite stacks on the board. and I know I've said that many times before, but this is a spot to attack them. Yeah, I love the White Sox here. Um, like you said, it's a pitcher that doesn't you know create a lot of whiffs. Um the guy that I really like here is, you know, just a very contrarian play is Alonzo. He's always hit sinkers really well. Um, you know, even though his numbers are down, the guy still has an exit velocity over 90. Um, his hard hit rate's 50% this season. Like, I'm not too worried about his start to the season. Um, you know, his BABIP is 111. So I, I think we're going to start to see Alonzo, you know, make that increase to start going in the right direction. And I think he's an interesting play today. I'm actually considering Alonzo for cash games today. I like him so much. So um, just just throwing that out there. Uh, anything else from this one? Nope. Just just take all the home runs you can get here because there's going to be a lot of them against Lopez. All right. Um, Colorado at San Diego. John Gray against Nick Marg- Margevicius, I, I think is how it's pronounced. Um, what's your thoughts here on John Gray? John Gray is one of those guys that just pisses me off so often, but he's playing outside of Coors. He's going up against a San Diego team that's certainly better than they were last year, but there are some decent strikeout bats here. 
he gets blown up for no reason other than it, bad luck or something in between his ears. But like he's not playing in cores. He has good enough numbers to justify his price tag here. I don't hate him. I think I like the guy directly above him and directly below him more. But John Gray's in play for tournaments. Yeah, John Gray is always a guy that can go out and put a stellar game up. Um, he has the, the the strikeout stuff to go out and have big games. And, you, you know, you like him more when he's facing right-handed heavy teams, and obviously that's what he's going to see here for San Diego. Obviously, San Diego's lineup has improved. I don't think anybody will disagree with that. But the guy already in a few starts this season has a, a 39% K rate to righties. So if they roll out their normal lineup, I think John Gray is one of the better high upside tournament plays on this slate where if Hosmer is the only lefty, um, John Gray becomes very, very interesting for me. Um, the other side of this game, I'm going to probably murder this guy's name again, but Marja Vicious, um, I think he's interesting too. Like I played Luke AC yesterday. This team is one of the worst teams in baseball on the road. And they have the third lowest Woba with a 27% K rate and a 41 WRC plus against lefties. Like I know they got to Luke AC a little bit yesterday on Monday, but I think I can go right back to the well here considering his price and the matchup. Yeah. And I think you're better off just calling him Marge. Um, that might help. I, what, but- I think I got his name right though. I don't know. I was, I was just trying to be safe. Marge is a great name. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Uh, you know, Marge Vicious. I'm pretty sure that's how, because I was listening to him pitch his last start. Um, I was traveling, so um, I'm pretty sure that's how they were saying it, but obviously I could be wrong. I'm terrible at pronouncing names. Yeah, I mean, Colorado's not great. They have a 3.5 implied total, which is similar to what it was today. But I don't know. He just, I mean, this guy didn't really have much of a minor league career. He got brought up pretty quickly. We don't know exactly how good he's going to end up being. He could start getting into trouble. He could start crushing. Don't really know. I don't think I'm going to go with him. I mean, his three starts that he has so far this year. San Fran, San Fran, he did well. St. Louis, he did bad first start against San Fran, but at home, he did all right. I don't think I really want to go with him. He's 7,900 over on DK. You have Matt, you have Fried, you have just so much more potential, I think, just slightly above him. I think I'd rather roll with a few Colorado bats. Yeah, like, you know, when you look at it, obviously, I think the biggest concern for him is his pitch count. Um, But low walk rate, high strikeout rate, you know, anytime we're seeing a 12 to 1 strikeout um, to walk ratio is interesting. Two of those starts against San Francisco, so it's tough to judge. His start against St. Louis didn't go as well as the other starts. He only had one strikeout in that game, so it's really tough, like you said, to, to judge what he's done here. But I don't know. I and to your point, like Trevor Story and Nolan Arenado are always in play against lefties. Yeah, yeah, they're two of the better plays on the slate. No one's really going to stack this game up or stack this team up too much with their total, but. Yeah, they mashed lefties. I mean, we saw what happened today. Arnado hit one out. Um, I can't remember exactly what story did, but like this is just a team that is full of a bunch of just trash players. Um, and Arenado, Story, Blackman, and to a small extent, Reynolds. Like Blackman gets a lefty lefty matchup. If you 
think that they're somehow going to get to him. I could see stacking this up a bit and using Blackman in there, hoping that some varieties come in. Um, but mostly it's Story and it's Arenado for me. Uh, any interest in the Padres? I mean, Gray can get slaughtered in pretty much any random matchup because I don't know why. I don't like literally. There's no reason for him to, according to his numbers. But like, I don't think I'm going to go with any Padres bats. Yeah, they don't have any lefties that I really want to play. I don't ever play Hosmer, and it's just if he beats me, he beats me. But really, for me, I'm going to stay away. Uh, moving on, Houston at Oakland. Colin McHugh against Marco Estrada. Any interest here in Colin McHugh? I mean, a bit. He's a good pitcher. He's going against an Oakland team in Oakland. Um, so uh, he's he's got like a 14% swing strike rate almost. And this Oakland team is very good, but it's a lot tougher over in Oakland, especially with McHugh, who's a bit of a fly ball guy. So I could see using him. Honestly, it's a little bit expensive, but if I have the choice between him and John Gray, I'm going with McHugh every time. Yeah, I like McGew a lot. You know, I, I said this his last start that anytime you're looking at McHugh, you have to look at how that team performs against slider. He uses his slider a lot. I played him against the Yankees last time out, and it really paid off. Um, outside of Chris Davis and Crush just hits everything. Like this team has really struggled with sliders. So I really like Colin McHugh here. I think this is a spot he could pitch well. He didn't have a great outing, but he didn't have a terrible outing in the first matchup against them. So I think that the ballpark shift here is certainly going to be a beneficial um, thing to him. Uh, Marco Estrada, he's a guy that's kind of been reverse splits, um, you know, most of last year and in his few starts this season. I think there's too many righties in this lineup to play Marco Estrada today. Yeah, no chance I'm playing him. So uh houston uh, i think you could load up on the righties here i know it's in oakland but man marco estrada is a guy i love to you know stack right-handed bats against yeah and uh right-handed bats already strike out at his low rate and they've got some powder power so springer altuve bregman correa are all some of the top plays on the slate even though it's a bad ballpark for hitters um i still think it's worth to, worth it to go with these guys Stacking up the A's can work out, or Astros can work out in any ballpark. Yeah, yeah, load up on them. It's that simple. Um, any Oakland bats? I mean, Chris Davis, you can pretty much go with any time. I don't hate Chapman, but outside of them, no, no, I don't really want to stack up against McHugh. Yep, only really the two guys that I have interest as well. Cleveland at Seattle. Shane Bieber against Mike Leak. Uh, any interest here in the Biebs? Yeah, yeah, I have some interest in the Biebs. I mean, Seattle's been good, but they're coming a little bit down to earth. And Bieber, he, he's got decent stuff here. Um, we saw that, uh, what's his name, Bauer, did pretty decent against him, so they can get hurt by some people. Um, but and there's not a huge amount of mid-tier options in you're not going to find too many guys with 30k upside. It's just un, uh, under 9k here. So Bieber is one guy that's very much in play. I prefer McHugh, but Bieber's very much in play here. 
Yeah, I don't mind Bieber, um, but I'm with you. I think I like McHugh a little bit more. Um, You know, you you talked about Bauer. Um, You know, he he honestly, he had a good game uh, against Seattle, Um, you know, six and two-thirds. He had eight Ks, and I think he only gave up one run. Um, Mike Leak on the other side of this game, (laughs) uh, I have zero interest in Mike Leak. Yeah, I'm not going there. But man, he's averaging you know solid fantasy points. No, don't do it. Um, any interest in the Cleveland Bats? I think Ramirez is underpriced right now. I mean, he finally hit one. one. Yeah, I know. And this is one of the first days I didn't use him. Really, really fudged up today, guys. Um, yeah, Ramirez. <laughs> Grant's Ramirez. like, can I just get to Tuesday? <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm looking forward to bed just to sleep away this this day um yeah no i don't mind martin i don't mind ramirez i don't mind cargo i don't mind santana i leak's just not that great of a pitcher and he strikes out lefties at a very low rate it's not great against righties he gives up enough hard contact here there's a lot of lefties in this lineup here and they can do some damage to leak so they're not my favorite stack on the board but i don't hate them yeah, I don't mind, um, you know, a couple of these bats. I'm not going to go crazy here. Like like you said, like, you know, Mar- Martin, um, Ramirez, maybe even Cargo, but, like, Jake Bowers is interesting. He hits sinker as well. We know that Leak throws a lot of sinkers, so, like, he's a little interesting. But not going to go crazy here with the Cleveland bats, but do think they could score some runs. Um, any interest in the Seattle side? I could I could see using the power bats. Like honestly, we got Encarnacion with uh, what is it, two fifty Woba or not Woba ISO going against righties. We got Vogelbach that's just tearing the cover off the ball on a consistent basis. Haniger's got some power. Bruce is back in the lineup. I could see using him. I mean, Bieber's struggled with hard hits to both sides of the plate. Um, but he's been quite a bit worse to lefties, way more fly balls, a decent amount more hard contact, lower strikeout rate. Like, so if Bruce is back in the lineup, then I'd like to have him there. But Vogelbach is a fantastic one-off and a fantastic play. Yep. Uh, one of my favorite hitters in baseball right now um, is Vogelbach. Cincinnati at LA taking on the Dodgers. Tyler Molly against Kenta Maeda. Um, any interest here in Tyler Molly? No, he's just not really a guy to use. It's a yeah, bad like, explanation. He, he doesn't have great numbers. It's it's that simple. He walks a decent amount of guys, not a huge K rate, gives up a good amount of hard contact. His price is never really cheap enough for me to want to play him. So, yeah, I'm not going yeah, the to. Interest- what, what, you know, really easy. Like he's a guy that gives up a ton of hard contact and doesn't strike out lefties or doesn't get a lot of soft contact lefties. You know, he had a 32% a hard to soft contact ratio in 2018 against lefties. So like this team is loaded with left-handed power bats. I'd be shocked if Bellinger plays today. Um, you know, he left the game Monday um, with a, with look like a, a knee injury. Um, hopefully it's not anything too serious, but I think he'll be out of the lineup today, which maybe put it like a vertigo in there, which is a little bit better matchup, but he's not just not very good. Um, so I actually think the Dodgers are interesting. We could talk about them in a second. Um, any interest in Kenta Maeda? Uh, um, he strikes out righties pretty well. I'd, I'd, I'd wait to see the lineups. Obviously today they threw in a whole bunch of righties going against Kirsch. 
I'm guessing they're going to throw most of their lefties in there. If they do roll out a little bit of a righty heavier lineup, I don't hate using Maeda. He's only priced at 9K, and there's a decent amount of varieties in there. I could see using him. Um, he's only had three starts this season, and while he didn't go over, he barely went over 80 in his last one. He was kind of getting blown up there, but earlier on the season, he got up over 100. Over in Colorado, I don't really count that start. So, like, it, it all depends on the lineup. If it's lefties in there, especially like three, like four of them, then I think that's too much. But if there's two in there or three in there, I think that you can take a shot on him. Yeah, I just like if I'm looking at his price and I'm looking at like the guys in this range, there's probably zero chance I play Kenta Maeda today. But I agree if, if they for some reason roll out a bunch of righties like that, obviously becomes a much interesting and much different situation. Um, Any any Reds bats that you want to play here? The lefties are fine, um, but they're not great. Like I, I probably won't end up with any. Any Cincinnati bats outside of maybe Puig? Um, I know he had bombed today. He's going up against uh, a former player, a former guy he used to play with. He's only thirty seven hundred here. I don't hate Puig, but that's pretty much it. Yep, uh, Puig definitely in play. Got the home run yesterday, like we talked about on the podcast. Um, be a guy like Dietrich or somebody, but yeah, I don't like it's a massive slate. Maybe if you're playing like the, the late slate or something. Um, Dodgers lefties are very much in play for me here. Um, we, we you know, obviously the power bats, it'd be interesting. Like I said, if Bellinger's out, does that mean Muncie's gonna bat fourth? Like, you know, obviously, this is a spot we're gonna be paying attention to what this lineup looks like. Yeah, yeah, no, lefties absolutely in play. I mean, Peterson and Muncie are both pretty expensive. But it's rightfully so. Um, outside of them, Turner, I don't mind his price. Pollock's still too cheap. 3800 I know that he hasn't been great this year, but he's still a very, very good hitter. Um, and he's going to turn around eventually. So jump on him when he's priced too cheap here. Uh, but lefties are the clear plays you want. Molly's been just terrible versus them since the beginning of last year. And... Dodgers have some of the best lefties here. Stack up this spot and target lefties more than anything. Yeah, they'll be low on too, which is fantastic. So, all right, let's play the morning grind game and then we'll get out of here. Give me a pitcher under 8,000 on DraftKings that you like to get six strikeouts here. Um, I was going to say Lopez to cheat and get three of them, but I don't think any one of them have a chance of doing anything. So... Under 8,000, get six strikeouts. I'm just going with Bundy. You may get six strikeouts and get negative points. <laughs> um, I'm going to take my boy uh, Marge Avicius. Um, like I said, I think that's how you say it. But he's the guy that I think has the best chance, him or, him or Woodruff. Um, over 8K, not to score 15 points. So to kind of bust, who's your pitcher? To kind of Balls bust. out. I'm going Robbie Ray. Yeah, I like that one. Um could see him boomer busting here i'm gonna take flaherty um like i said i really like this spot for that milwaukee offense over four thousand to hit a home run today who's your home run over 4k oh gosh i really should have been trying to figure this out as we went along here you said over four thousand yeah expensive home run oh no i'll just go with an easy one here and go with yelich 
All right. I'm going to take Gallo against uh, old, old good old Harvey. Um, under 4,000 to get two hits. I'm going with Pollock. He's under 4,000? Yeah, he's 3,800. Um, I, I already talked about this guy earlier. I really like Yonder Alonzo. I think he's going to get some hits here, so I'm going to take him. Um, and then the new and final question of the morning grind game, give me your stack to score six or more runs. I'm going to stay on Brand and go with the White Sox. All right. Um, let's see. I a lot of a lot of stacks today that I like. Obviously, like Texas is probably my favorite stack, but I am going to say the Dodgers um score at least six runs today. I really like the that stack. So late slight, not even late slate, just like bring it home and um bring us all the money late. Uh any final thoughts before we get out of here? Nope. Nope. Just stack them white socks tomorrow and play glass now. <laughs> On that note, we're going to get out of here. Hope everyone has an awesome Tuesday. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow talking some more baseball. Good luck in your contest, and we'll see you then. Thank you, kids.